Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Talk Radio with Rashida and Robert. I'm Rashida De Jesus, and I'm joined by my co-host, Robert Deal, on this day, November 16th, for our Sunday brunch show. How you doing there, Sifu Bob? Good. Shit, it's getting cold down in so calories, all the way down to 59 this morning. <laughs> it was freezing overnight. Uh, you know, it's the time over here for it to be freezing overnight. But, wow, 59 degrees and it's cold. So let me guess, over there in SoCal, you guys need, like, sweaters? <laughs> oh, parkas. Oh, no, we bring out the parkas. That's cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Now, uh, doesn't SoCal sometimes get the the in uh, infrequent deep freeze? Like, I remember, like, hearing some years ago that Florida – lost a bunch of crops because they went through this weird flash freeze. It, it, it was like overnight, and they lost like a bunch right. of oranges or what, asparagus or whatever. I forgot what it was. <laughs> well, about I, – I know my, my daughter was like really young because I remember her playing with it, uh, and she was actually – at that point, she was actually shorter than I am. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. And uh, – <laughs> Uh, I was taking pictures and posting on Facebook where we actually got snow. Wow. That was actually sitting on the ground for about an hour and a half, two hours. Snow. That, and that was very unusual. That is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's yeah, wild. without having to go to the mountains. So last night I'm with, I'm with my wife, uh-huh. and I'm talking to her about the show we're going to do about egos in the martial arts, and she says, man, look who the co-host is. And I went, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and, and you've got a buddy who's the king of egos. And I'm like, thank you, honey. I love you, too. I love you, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, listeners out there, um, you know, stay tuned. After our first segment, um, as Sifu Bob pointed out, we're going to be doing a show on egos in the martial arts, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on a few things. Not only you know talking about you know what we've seen as far as big egos in the martial arts, um, and we want to hear from you guys too. So give us a call three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. But we're also gonna talk a little bit about how ego affects your own training, and even how you might run your martial arts school or teach. So, you know, stay tuned. We'll be talking about that um, a little bit later. So, yay. Well, this is uh, this is kind of different uh, for uh, announcements and birthdays and stuff like that. Uh, me and Sifu Bob were running around before uh, the show started. We didn't even get a chance to get our notes together. So we're kind of winging it today. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if anybody wants to join us winging it and talking about uh, egos in the martial arts a little bit later, uh, ego awareness. 
is uh, kind of what I like to call it, ego awareness. Give us a call, 347-677-0699. We're, uh, our chat board is also live on the Blog Talk Radio Show Marquee. So let's uh, let's get moving on. Um, I don't have any announcements right off the bat, Sifu Bob. Do you? Well, there is that uh, tournament that we're going to be broadcasting live from next month on December 13th, the Battle for Blood. Uh, mm-hmm. All proceeds will be going to uh, uh, the Hemophilia Foundation uh, because uh, Alan Woodman's uh, – Stepson, I guess you call him, is a hemophiliac. Uh, so they've got to worry about cuts and bruises and, and mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. Uh, there's going to be seminars. Doug Wong, Eric Lee, Shuni B. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting live in the tournament. And that's on the 14th. But the tournament on the 13th is going to be from uh, 9 till 4 in the afternoon with registration opening at 7. Uh, so that's going to be a good time. It's going to be at the Town and Country Hotel on Motel Circle in San Diego on the 13th and 14th oh, right of on. December. Right so on. And that that sounds pretty cool. I'm really excited for uh, for that broadcast to happen. And uh, thanks to uh, Sheehan Allen Woodman for letting him borrow your computer because I know you've been having a little bit of computer problems over there. So that's yeah, really nice. Yeah, I'm technologically challenged right now for computer stuff. A lot of things have been happening. Computers going down, <laughs> cameras going down. It's, it's driving me absolutely nuts. Yeah, it, you know, there's I, I don't know if it's like a a thing only with your tablet, but <laughs> but maybe maybe you can get work to get you a different tablet. <laughs> Unless of well, course Well, this they, one is not work. This one's mine. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's, I thought it was work for yeah, some reason. I'm like, oh, get them, get get them to get you an Android tablet. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about getting a Galaxy or something like that, sort of like yours, a Galaxy. Uh, was it Galaxy Tab Four or something? Tab. Yeah, it's the four now. I've got the two, and um, and it's still running pretty okay. Now, speaking of uh, galaxies, this is kind of cool. off the subject for everybody, but it's kind of like, you know, I had the dumbest luck with um the Samsung um Galaxy S4 um about a year and a half two years ago it was like the phone to have it had a nice big screen um and had all the bells and whistles and stuff like that but i got the first generation with a crappy battery right <laughs> right ah. so, yeah, yeah. So right out of the box, right after charging it, I would I would have to like plug it back in after about like, you know, not even three hours, right? And I'm like, huh, well, I'll live with it. So, you know, that's why whenever I came to visit your place, my phone was always plugged in. It was because it couldn't carry a charge, right? Well, it died. Okay. It wouldn't charge anymore. Yeah, the battery wouldn't charge anymore. And I figured, well, you know, rather than paying up the nose for, for a new battery, I'm just going to upgrade because I'm on an upgrade program on T-Mobile. And I've got... The Samsung Galaxy Note 4. And this thing. Oh, you got the new and the, the best one out there now. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm still trying to figure out how it works. But there's a reason why they call this a phablet. It's a phone and a tablet. It's like it's so big, I don't know what to do with it. But it's great. So if anyone out there wants to go Android, get the Galaxy Note. It's expensive, but 
You know, if you're on T-Mobile and you're on the jump upgrade, you don't have to worry about it. You just pay on it every month. It's great. I didn't have to put anything down. It was awesome. <laughs> but so, yeah, I've been doing more work on on this phone over the last two days than I have on my um, Galaxy Tab because I think I have to. I think I have to put in a new operating system on the on the tablet. Um, it's all being weird. So I want to make sure that if um, if I'm over down there where you are and we're broadcasting, that I can do it off of my tablet and not necessarily bring my computer. All right, that's enough of tech talk. We're back. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's if Blog Talk Radio cleans up their act and makes makes it tablet friendly again. Yeah, you know, I mean, I put in, I put in a, uh, I shouldn't even call it a work order because it's kind of like you order it, but it kind of depends on whether or not they work on it. <laughs> so I put in a work order, more like a request, going, hey, you know, why isn't, why isn't the new layout of uh, the Blog Talk Radio control board more tablet friendly? And I haven't heard anything back yet, but. We'll and you may we'll never. And I might never. We'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get. Uh, so let's see. We got the announcement on Battle for Blood. Um, I want to uh, just go through the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page here and see what what other stuff that we've uh, got here. Oh, speaking of Shihan Allen Woodman, uh, he's got a sale on book and DVD sets. There's like a bunch of of stuff to choose from. Um, with this deal, you get uh, buy one, get one free. Um, and uh, that deal ends today. So <laughs> it was, this was posted on the, uh, actually, wait, let's see, November 12th. That was, um, was that Wednesday? That was Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, so it, I thought it was uh, only, the, this deal was only good until today, but it's good until the 19th of November. So buy one, get one free, and this is a sale on book and DVD sets at SidekickPublication.com. And they've got all sorts of great stuff over there. Go check it out. Um, Also, I want to send a shout-out out there to our regular contributor to the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page, Elastic Steel. Elastic Steel has a lot of great articles um, and videos on stretching, fitness, and uh, stretching and flexibility for athletes and martial artists. And the latest article is about, do you know what muscles you need to stretch and to strengthen to master the side split? Yeah, the side split, the Jean-Claude Van Damme commercial side split. That's <laughs> Well, anyway, Elastic Steel is going to explain how to do it, and all it takes is a little bit of practice, a little bit of dedication, and you too can do the side splits. But just haven't had the time to keep up the side splits. Can't do it anymore, bro. Can't do it. Hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> it hurts for you thinking about it. Think what it does for me. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. Things stretching that shouldn't be stretching. Okay. So <laughs> um, I also want to uh, let our listeners know about the Dynamic Dojo. Uh, it's kind of a... It's kind of like a social media newspaper. Um, now, I had a newspaper uh, for my Seattle Wushu business for about three years through a service called paper.li. And I recently started 
a paper called the da- Daily Kiai. And uh, every day, if you subscribe to it, um, every day you get uh, you get a new issue of the Daily Kiai, and it pulls the best of the best of the people that I'm following on Twitter and uh, Facebook and BuzzFeed and stuff like that. So I made sure that everything that has to deal with martial arts training and health and martial arts entertainment and stuff like that is in the news feed. So go to Dynamic Dojo Facebook page, scroll down a little bit, and you'll find a link to Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Daily Kiai. It's your source for martial arts. We are your source for martial arts news and talk radio on the Internet. So that's a kind of a new new thing for us there. There, bro. I set it up like uh, a few days ago, but I forgot about it. And I went, oh, I remember now. <laughs> I remember I was wondering now. what that was. It's pretty cool, actually. The It, it usually takes about a month for everything to, uh, uh, for the uh, automatic feed to kind of get a feel for what I'm really looking for and stuff. Because I got to go and groom it that kind of thing, get rid of the crap and make sure that only the important and interesting stuff stays. Um, but right. after about a month, it, it, it's really cool. The Seattle Wushu uh, page, so the, which is uh, called the Martial Arts uh, Fitness Daily, has uh, done very well and um, is uh, has about at least a 1,000 subscribers to it. So got that cool. full subscribe to the Daily Ki. You get all sorts of cool stuff that we can't announce here on the Internet because we just don't have the time. Okay. Right, right. right. Well, yeah. it was really funny about last week because I was still stuck on Deb Evans saying I was borderline inappropriate. I was actually insulted by that. Uh, why, because you prefer to be fully? <laughs> That's right, because I, I prefer to step over the line. Cause my, I told my wife, because my wife looks at me and says, are you kidding me? <laughs> Borderline? Borderline? Yeah, she Borderline. says, okay, what's that bed smoking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, just another reminder about our phone number here, folks, 347-677-0699. A little bit later, we're going to be talking about ego and the martial arts. Uh, give us a call if you've ever met or dealt with people or schools that were just so egotistical to the point of obnoxiousness. Now, we're not we're not doing this just a bitch and moan. We actually want to address the um, the a subject of ego awareness. I mean, you know, what I want to know is do people really know that they're being stuck up like that? Do they really know that they're pretty much uh, not everyone, but you know, I I've, I've met a few people with big egos that will literally uh, verbally abuse people or get on some high horse and think that you know, their crap doesn't stink, that they're better than everybody else because of who they think they are or whatever, right? You know, legends in their own mind pretty much, right? So we're going to be uh, talking about that. So if you've ever met people like that, listeners, give us a call um, or get on our chat board. We'd really love to talk with you <clears throat> about that. All right. Well, uh, that's it for our announcement. So let's move on to birthdays. We've only got three birthdays today. So we've got, as of today, Tony Davis has his birthday today. Happy birthday, Tony. And on November 22nd, we've got two people with the same birthday. We've got Gary Dill and Dana Thompson having their birthdays on the, what day is it, 22nd? That's next Saturday. 
awesome. <laughs> All right. For everyone having a birthday out there, this tune is for you. Birthday, everybody. Have a wonderful birthday week. All right. Well, with that said, let's see, unless I can find any other announcements. Nope. No, I can't. All right. Well, that means we get to move on to the health news. Well, you know, lately I've been doing kind of health news kind of not and i'm i'm on this kick so i'm going to do it i'm going to do it again today so today i kind of want to i want to um go through a funny article um uh, that i found in my health news feed it's called the 10 worst people at the gym <laughs> so 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 the, these are the 10 worst people at the gym According to uh, survey people, <laughs> now this um, <clears throat> this article is by Life Life by Daily Burn. All right, and uh, this article says you've made the honorable effort of getting your butt to the gym. Little do you know, the battle has only just begun. Claiming your space for high intensity intervals, handstands, and heavy lifts isn't easy, and during peak hours. There's a real art to getting fit in close quarters. But on the road to slimming down, leaning out, or getting or getting swole, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I kid you not, it says getting swole. S W O L E swole. Does that mean getting maybe, big, pumped up? Yeah, <laughs> maybe swollen. Oh my god, getting swole. Is that some new new like gym lingo? Somebody right. fill me in. Give us a call. Anyway, but on the road to slimming down, leaning out, or getting swole, are you leaving behind a trail of destruction alongside a pool of sweat on the bench? According to a survey conducted by Newfield Health, a U.K.-based health firm, the answer may be yes. Of the 2,000 people polled, 74% said fellow gym goers were guilty. <laughs> Guilty of bad gym etiquette, and many implicated themselves as well. 49% admitted to having used water bottles and towels that weren't actually theirs. Oh. 33% revealed they exercised without deodorant. 18 fessed up to working out despite coughing, sneezing, and being sick. And 16 flat out said they don't wash their clothes between workouts. <laughs> grossed oh. out? Yeah, I know. Grossed out? <laughs> yeah. In an effort, in an effort to make your box studio or sports club 
a friendlier, safer, and all-around more awesome place to be. We called in some of the top trainers in the country to weigh in on proper workout decorum. Okay. Now, while this list is no means exhaustive, it hits on some of the deadliest sins in Sweatville. So, who are the worst offenders? Okay. Worst person number one, the hoarder. This hoarder needs one of everything in every size, shape, and color. Health club hoarders aren't unlike the ones you see on reality TV. They stand in the same spot in front of the mirror with a collection of dumbbells in every weight around them and swear they're using them all while doing 10 different exercises. (laughs) All right. Number two, the not-so-supersetter. Now, supersetting is uh, alternating between two or more exercises at a time. And uh, it's a great way to maximize your time. Uh, me and uh, my business partner, Cheryl, used to do that all the time. Um, it's also a great way to uh, make some gymnemies, gymnemies, enemies, geminis. <laughs> That's what it says. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, it's a great way to make enemies during peak lifting hours. Claiming dibs on multiple areas of the gym not only ties up two pieces of real estate at once, it forces others to wait and ask around if someone is still there. If you're using more than one piece of equipment, make sure you're close to them at all times. Walk away for more than 15 to 30 seconds and most people will assume you're done. Supersetting is a luxury, not a necessity, adds strength coach and author Brett Contreras. Bottom line, if the gym is busy, don't superset. All right, number three, the spoiled brat. Okay. (laughs) For some, cleaning up after themselves isn't second nature, which means stray kettlebells, plates, and other gym essentials not in their proper place. It's pretty self-explanatory, but it sucks when you're rushing to get in a workout and you spend half the time looking for the dumbbell dumbbell or the medicine ball you need. Avoid time out by returning your equipment back to where it belongs. I hate people like that. When I used to go to the gym, I used to hate people that would just leave their crap laying around expecting the gym staff to put it back where it belongs. It's kind of like, hello, you know, and their whole attitude is, well, I pay a membership fee. They should put it away. Yeah, really? $29 for a year? (laughs) And you you know what I mean? (laughs) And you come in maybe once a month? Number four, the exhibitionist. When you're pushing through that last round of V-ups or sled sprints, distractions can be a very good thing. But people watch at your own risk, all right? According to Joint Syatt, a five-time world record powerlifter, strength coach, and owner of Syatt Fitness, overexposure, a.k.a. working out without underwear, who does that, okay, is more common than you than you'd think. I'm all for giving yourself some extra breathing room, but for your sake, and everyone around you, make sure you strap on a decent pair of undies. And this, the same goes for shirts at certain at certain boxes and gyms. I guess, I guess, uh, uh, CrossFit gyms are called boxes. Is that right, folks? That, I've, I've never heard that. I think they're called boxes. But anyway, uh, as far as shirts at gyms, um, some gyms have a shirt on policy for men and women. As a practical matter, it keeps people sweat from dripping all over our gym. More importantly, the gym should be a place that feels welcoming and inclusive and not the place that the few super jacked up people can show off their six packs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I figure I figure if you're gonna be a competitive 
bodybuilder, go someplace where it's, you know, where it's common, right? You know, I mean, if, if, you know, if I'm just coming back to the gym and I haven't been there in two years and I've got like an extra 20 pounds I want to get rid of, I don't want to see some guy kissing his biceps and admiring himself in the mirror. I'd be like, boy, get that, put that somewhere else. <laughs> anyway. Oh, speaking, speaking of distractions, we, uh, let's not forget number five, the Miley, the Miley, kind of like Miley Cyrus. Here we are, just minding our own business at the pull-up bar, and in comes the wrecking ball. Music blaring from from their over-the-ear headphones, singing full voice for all of us to hear. Is it Miley? Just being Miley? Unlikely. Singing in the gym is not only distracted to gym members, it's flat-out annoying. Sing in the shower or the bathroom, so the only person you're distracting is yourself. <laughs> Number six, the pickup artist. Want to gawk? Swap. (laughs) Yeah, want to (laughs) gawk? Swipe right. For all other inquiries, keep it respectable. Leering men aren't just creepy. They're one of the biggest reasons women tell me they're intimidated by the weight room. Um, If you see someone who really catches your attention, try to make eye eye contact at an appropriate time, not mid-back squat, and smile. If she smiles back, wait until she's done crushing it to say hello. If she blows you off, move on. You can go run 10 minutes of intervals to alleviate the sting. <laughs> do, do people really go to the gym to pick up people? That's, yes, that's in- they do. That's interesting. All right, number seven, the talker. Up to 32% of gym rats admit to in- regularly interrupting their session to chat it up with friends. Sure, that's okay for a recovery day, but most workouts should involve some amount of work. If you're able to carry on a full conversation while on a treadmill, you aren't doing it right. <laughs> Cell phone calls should never, ever, ever take place on a moving conveyor belt. <laughs> Trust us, they say. It's important to dedicate time to yourself, your fitness, and your health. Leave distractions behind, um, and it'll make the difference between a phenomenal workout and a face plant. Number eight, the texter. Um, MOGs can't type themselves, at least not yet. At mid-workout, those minutes scouring your smartphone can really add up, taking a toll on focus, productivity, and intensity. According to a survey conducted by Harper's Fitness, a typical gym-goer wastes up to 35% of each session on non-fitness activities, including texting, checking email, and scrolling through apps. To avoid shortchanging yourself, put your mobile phone into airplane mode and plug back in once you've had your post-workout shake. Wow. If I'm going to pay for a gym membership, I'm going to get my money's worth. Dang it. All right. Number nine, the drama queen. (laughs) Here we go. Drop it like it's hot. That depends. If Olympic weightlifting is your thing, by all means, go for it. But at most weight commercial gyms that aren't properly equipped, dropping your weights can be deemed as dangerous, disruptive, and downright unnecessary. At the end of a very heavy set, it's sometimes unavoidable. But if you see a guy doing it repeatedly, he's either desperate for attention or very careless. Dropping dumbbells can damage them as well as the floor beneath. And abruptly dropping a barbell can warp the bar, causing it to bend. Bent bars make loads unstable to lift and can cause injuries. We're all for lifting heavy, but be aware of your gym's policy. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I've seen people like that where they'll lift something, you know, like 
uh, I don't know, like heavyweight, like, okay, I just like, I just like uh, deadlifted like 200 pounds. I'm just going to drop it and, and, and grunt and then walk around with pumping my fist in the air going, yeah, yeah. I hate it when guys do that. I hate it when girls do that. It just sucks. Anyway, number 10, the very worst, the know-it-all. And we're going to be talking about the know-it-alls a little bit later, folks. (laughs) Dole out unsolicited advice and you're bound to push some buttons. I see a lot. I see it happen a lot at various gyms I train at and have yet to witness anyone who appreciates a total stranger giving them advice that they didn't even ask for, says Tony Gentlecore of uh, the Cressy Sports Performance in uh, Hudson, Maryland. There are a million reasons why a trainer or non-trainer might be doing something, and presuming that you know why they're doing it is condescending. If you must get involved, simply ask them why they're doing it that way. They may be clueless and ask, actually ask for help, in which case go for it, help them out. But they may also have a special case reason for doing something unusual that you might never have thought of. So don't be a know-it-all. All right. Well, that's it for my health news. And let's move on to health news. i got to find the health news thing. I don't know what happened to it. Oh, there it is <laughs> for the weird news. Sorry, let's move on to the weird news. Weird news. Okie dokie. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this happened out of Texas. A Texas woman whose four pit bulls entered her neighbor's yard through a hole in the fence and killed their 10-year-old beagle is suing them. The, now, get this. The lady that had the pit bulls that killed the beagle uh-huh. is suing her neighbors for a million dollars. Suing the, the, the parents of the dead beagle? Yes. Why? Emerald White has her lawsuit filed this week in Galveston County District Court that she was seriously injured on October 7th trying to stop the attack. And this has to do dog. with the parents? And this has to do with the Beagle's parents how? <laughs> Yeah, she says she suffered multiple serious bite and scratch type injuries and accused her neighbors of failing to secure, confine, and restrict their dog, Bailey. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? I want to know how how that lady's dogs got to Bailey. Well, they said through, through a hole in the fence. Well, so that means they were loose, too. That's right. <laughs> so it's kind of like, what an idiot lady. Boo. <laughs> White also contends she's feeling conscious. Uh, con- that's not that's not worded right. Uh, conscious pain and suffering, and now suffers also from fear, anxiety. Oh my God! Are you kidding? Crazy. Baker told the Galveston County Daily News that everyone was telling him to sue White, but that he didn't because it, would, it wouldn't bring Bailey back, and police declared her dogs dangerous. The police mm-hmm. took the action I wanted and declared those dogs dangerous, and awareness was raised. Was raised. So I decided to let it go, Baker said. Now they're suing me for $1 million. I just can't believe it. 
Each I of can't the animals either. must be registered with Texas City annually as a dangerous dog. A sign must be posted in White's yard alerting residents to the danger, and she must have a $100,000 liability on the dog, according to police. A fence of six feet high must also be installed. Uh, Baker said that not long before the incident, he had worked to replace parts of the current fence to make it more secure and safe for his dog and family. The paper says White's attorney didn't respond to calls uh, when they were seeking comment. Oh, my Lord. That, that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. So let me get this straight. The lady's dogs got through a hole under the fence next door, I guess, right? Killed Bailey right. the Beagle, and the the owner of the two dogs that ripped poor Bailey to shreds is suing. Four dogs. Yeah, four dogs, and and four the lady dogs. is four dogs. Oh God! And that lady is suing the other guy because he failed to secure the dog. I'm sorry. If there's a fence, they should be able to run around the dang yard. You know, and hello, you know. Oh my God, that lady. You know, I, the, the only thing I have to say about that is she got. She got, uh, her dogs got caught, her dogs got deemed as dangerous, and now she's retaliating by suing the guy for a million dollars, or however however much it was. That's that's just nuts. And this is what I have to say to that. You big dummy. That's right. <laughs> Gosh, I just, ah, oh, that's just crazy. What it just makes hell? no, it makes no sense. Ah. <laughs> All right. Entertainment news. I can't find the entertainment news. Can you tell we're really not ready for this show today, you guys? <laughs> I, I, today it was like, please. Yeah, the whole morning was like shot because I had to do all sorts of stuff. I had to go wrap the pipes and, oh, my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> X-Factor singer Suze. She said, hmm. my gym was a Hollywood casting couch. Now, do you know what casting couch means? It means Do you know that, where that term came from? Uh, no, but these days I'm assuming it means that, you know, you'll be lucky if all you do is sit on the couch when talking to the producer. <laughs> well, but, you know, they can't do it like they used to, but that's where it came from. Oh, okay. When, when, huh. when they said you're going to give, you're going to get ahead in this business, they meant you've got to give to get. Get it? Oh, yeah, get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got and it. That, that's where it came from. But that was in the 20s, 30s, 40s, not mm-hmm. today. So, mm. it's the oldest story in Hollywood. Naive girl comes to La La Land only to be seduced by her pervy boss. So claims a former X Factor contestant in a new lawsuit. Katie Weissel, who appeared in the UK show. Okay, so she must have been in the. London version, or the UK version of the X Factor, the original. Moved to LA last year looking for fame and fortune, but she needed a job to pay the bills, so she applied at Equinox in Woodland Hills. Katie claims the manager, Matt Lee, took an instant liking to her and gave her some very personal attention. Katie mm. says Matt interviewed her several times at fancy restaurants where they drank. She said it seemed, it didn't seem odd. 
because she had little familiarity with the American hiring process. Hmm. <laughs> she claimed, yeah. <laughs> this is funny because I'd be like, you know, I know you don't, you're not familiar with American customs, but do you, do you realize that it's mandatory to sleep with the boss? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, any boss that, yeah, anyway, don't get me started on bosses. But <laughs> I know. She claims Matt then amped it up, showing up at her house with gifts, groceries, and taking her out to more lunches and dinners. She says he also insisted she use his American Express card for gas. Then Katie oh. says things turned. After a night of drinking, she sa- she says she rejected Matt's advances, but say- says she gave in after a guilt after he guilted her into feeling ungrateful. Oh Jesus! She, she says she complained <laughs> to Equinox, but they treated her like the bad guy. So she's suing oh, Lee and the health club for sexual harassment and re- and retaliation. Equinox right. says no no comment. We left a message for Matt, but got no return call. Wow, wow! wow. You know, I, I know perfectly well that all. Okay, you say that all guys are dogs, but I say that all guys know when to not be stupid. Okay, that some guys, I should say, some guys know when not to be stupid, right? So right, even if right. what you say is true, like if uh-huh. all, all guys, you know, if, if all guys do just think about sex twenty four seven, then you know, then I know some guys that just know when to not be stupid and to to know that it would be a dumb idea to say something dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's um, right. You know does. I, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I wonder if uh, ego does have a lot to do with that. That's what I'm wondering. You know, like, well, I did this for you, and now, now you're you're being ungrateful by not giving me head or whatever, right? You know, it's kind of like what, what, you know, and right. you know, and we we hear about this in the martial art world also. You know, well, you know, you can get your next promotion if, and it, it just makes me sick. Uh, but but we're gonna get into stuff like that when it comes to ego and inflated self worth and this well, and that. And, and the I other. was wondering if guys, if women don't believe all guys are dogs, why did so many people uh, warn you about me? Warn warn you about what? Warn <laughs> you about me because oh. you were coming down. You were gonna stay in my house, and everybody's like, "Don't trust him. He's gonna try to get in your pants." Well, and you said, well, he's married. That doesn't matter. Yeah. So there, there must be some truth to what I'm saying, right? Because all of your friends right, right. told you to stay away from me, right? Well, <laughs> and it worked well, out very yeah. well. I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, the, why did you well, hesitate? <laughs> well, the thing was, the, here's the thing. The thing is, though, is that, you know, the first time I came down, and uh, <laughs> now the, all the listeners are going to be like, what's going on? No, um, the first time I came down to visit Sifu Bob, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pretty secure in who I am and this and that and the other. Right. And, you know, if if a guy hits on me and I just don't I'm not feeling it at all, then I, I blow them off. I blow them off nicely. It's not like I say, hey, jerk, you know, get your misogynistic ass out of my face. It's not like I say that. <laughs> 
I just kind of go, eh, you know, not interested, right? You know, and, <laughs> and I leave it at that. You know, and then if they keep going at it, then I got to like step up and like pull out, you know, uh, pull out bigger, uh, bigger weapons, I guess. You know what I mean? Right. Um, exactly. But yeah. And I told my friends that I'm like, you know what? I, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, he's like a brother. I've only known him for like, I had only known you like a few months before I came down. Right. No, uh, the well, first time. All, well, the first time was 29 pounds. No, when I uh uh I'd only known you a couple it's months before house, I went to the first Masters Hall of Fame. That was about a year because you were yeah. you were inducted in eleven, then you came down in twelve. Oh right 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 okay. Oh that that's right. You were talking about when I actually stayed at your house. That's right. Um, right. Right. Um, and I'm like, it's fine. I've got the couch. It's all good. Blah blah blah. You know, and because uh, I knew what was going on and this and that, and and we had already had like uh, an un uh, like a not verbal discussion about it <laughs> in a way. <laughs> it was it was already understood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was already understood. Um, so it was kind of like, oh, okay, great, you know, and it, I I. Yeah, I wouldn't stay anywhere else because you guys are fun, you know. And hotels, they they don't do shit. You know? Right, <laughs> you exactly. Know? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, pardon my French, folks, but, uh, but yeah, you know. But um, but what? But getting back on the subject, though, I wonder if um, when she sued that guy, um, you know, when he said, "Well, now you're just being ungrateful." I wonder if ego has a lot to do with that, you know. Um, like I said, self-inflated self-worth and a um, over, um, uh, I guess, an overconfidence and an inflated sense of worth for the stuff that he did for her. You know, I did all this for you, and now you're going to pay me back. And uh, comments such as such as um, I made you. You know that's that that's an inflated sense of self worth right. and uh, you know that kind of thing. It's like oh my gosh. But anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that uh, when we when we get to that. All right. Um, you know, really, I, honestly, Rusty, I don't care how much I've done for somebody that that doesn't give me the right to guilt them into sleeping with me. Nor should it give me the power to make them sleep with me. Exactly. Exactly. They should have their own power to say no. And that's going to be a big fight in court saying, you still slept with him. It's not statutory rape. You still gave it. I don't care how it happened. You did it. You're the weak one. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing, That's going to be the lawyer taking it apart. Of course. You know, and, and the thing that's hard to prove is that, you know, that the person forced themselves on you. You know, that's going to be the hard, you know, because it's like, it, it's weird, and and it's like, and it goes both ways. And this is, uh, I know this is kind of off the subject, folks, but believe me, we'll get to ego in the martial arts. Uh, it goes both ways because it drives me insane when when guys force themselves on girls, and uh, lawyers say, well, you, you know, you still slept with him. You know, uh, it's just a matter of now, can you prove that he forced himself on you? Basically, calling the chick a tramp. But when the chick does it, right? Then it's like all okay, you know. Why is the double standard like that? You know, if a gal rapes a guy, it's rape, period. You know, and a gal should get the same amount of 
jail time and punishment as the guy would. And it's I, I the, the double standard just drives me insane when it comes to the law like that. I say throw ladies in jail if they rape a guy or another girl or a child. Throw them in jail. Throw the book at them. Anyway, that's my rant. Oh, are you kidding me? I think anybody who touches a child like that should go right to the front of the line of the death penalty. They, 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 they need to go to the front of the line and <laughs> tell everyone in general population, guess who this is? Let that happen first before they go to go to the death penalty. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's why they're segregated because they'll end up getting killed. Yeah, yeah. In a way, it's smart by the penal system, but uh, you know, when it comes to like eye for an eye, yeah, I'm, I don't think. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's a different show. <laughs> That'll be a different show. All right, so. It's uh, 11.44 a.m., and we're almost at the top of the hour. It's almost noon Pacific time, so let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about egos in the martial arts and how it affects your training, your teaching, the martial arts, and how you run your business and uh, how it affects everything else. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Hey, MMA fighter Jason Mayhem Miller here. School bullying and cyberbullying statistics are increasingly viewed as an important contributor to youth violence including homicide and suicide. Let's kick bullying together. Go to we'rekickingit.com. This is Annie Lennox of Eurythmics for RAD. Please don't drink and drive. And don't drive if someone else has been drinking. Thank you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. This is Guru Rocky Twitchell of Citrus Heights, California, and you are listening to the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live United. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo show. With Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All righty, and we are back. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita and Robert. And we are going to be talking about the subject of ego and the martial arts. Give us a call here live to talk with me and Sifu Robert, 347-677-0699. Or if you're listening to, listening to us on the Blog Talk Radio show marquee, just uh, scroll down under the marquee a little bit and you'll find our chat board there. So if you don't want to call... Go ahead and uh, type us up over there. Um, now, if it's long distance you're worried about um, and you're uh, on a landline, uh, just hit the Skype button 
um, there uh, on your computer, and you'll be able to call us for free. But, you know, these days with everyone having a cell phone, who worries about long distance anymore? <laughs> I sure don't worry about long distance. Do you? I don't worry about that. No. I don't, think, no. I don't even Yeah, think I don't even have a landline anymore. Yeah, a lot of people a lot of people don't have a landline because it's like what's the point? The only reason why we have a landline here at my house is in case the power goes out. And if the power goes um if the power if just the electricity, not the phone lines, but if the power goes out and there's no way to charge a phone or a computer or whatever, then you can call with a landline, right? And that came in uh that came in pretty handy when we had our uh big earthquake back in uh i forgot what what year it was uh, the big nisqually earthquake over here uh many of the cell phone towers were down um and the only thing that was available was landlines which kind of sucked because uh when when i went to go try to call my mom that day my cell phone wouldn't work because all the lines were jammed and the t-mobile t-mobile towers were down but um, the the phone lines also were jammed. So it was like if I wanted to get a hold of my mom, it was either I had a choice. Either I drive and try to deal with traffic and not have any contact with my mom, or I stay at the school for a little bit and wait until I could get through on a landline. And luckily I got through on a landline. So, you know, that's the only reason why I would think people should keep a landline. But anyhow. Right. But with that said, give us a call, folks, whether it's Skype, landline, cell phone, homing pigeon, smoke signals, whatever. <laughs> Cuz we're going to start talking about uh we're going to start uh talking about ego in the martial arts. Now, before we get started, um I just want to uh click over here to the uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary and uh I just want to read the definition of egomaniac. Okay? Or egomania. Um now, egomania is also known as a Obsessive preoccupation with oneself and applies to someone who follows their own ungoverned impulses and is possessed by delusions of personal greatness and feels a lack of appreciation. Uh, someone suffering from this extreme egocentric focus is an egomaniac. <laughs> now, now, egomaniacs are in any activity and, you know... Um, a lot of motivational websites and speakers out there will say, let go of your ego, let go of your ego, have no ego. Um, however, you know, I, I'm a firm believer, I'm a firm believer that we all have a sense of ego. I mean, without it, we wouldn't have a sense of self-confidence or self-esteem, right? It's just that most people tend to be a little more balanced <laughs> with it, right? <laughs> you know, um, you know, and a, a lot of people tend to to balance humility with the confidence. Okay, and that's where that's when it's called confidence at that point. Um, but when people are like always talking about themselves, always trying to um, remind people that they're important, that other people should know who they are at any given time that only their needs are, you know, blah, you know, blah blah blah, all that other kind of stuff. That's when it's that's when the word egomaniac starts popping up in my head. Um and and, and you know, when when I hear people say I have no ego. That's the most egotistical thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> 
because it's kind of like, you know, we all have to have that um, that that sense of uh, ego. Now, let me backtrack here a little bit in the dictionary. We now know what an egomaniac is, but what is the ego? Now, it's 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 simply a person's sense of self-esteem. It's um, now according to psychoanalysis. It's a part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and the unconscious and is responsible for reality testing and a sense of personal identity. Okay, so that's the ego, all right? Um, Or, you know, uh, ego is uh, synonyms for ego is self-esteem, self-importance, self-worth, self-respect, self-image, self-confidence. So, yeah, we all have a sense of ego. You know, we kind of have to have a sense of ego if we want to take care of ourselves, Right, you know, if we right, want exactly. to, yeah, exactly. If we want to look good for the workday, if we want to stay healthy, um, to take care of ourselves, to actually say, screw it, I'm going to take a day off from work because I need just my own mind downtime. That's you know, that's your ego doing that. But when that translates to others that's when you start getting people wanting to punch you in the face. So, <laughs> so with that said, let's um let's let's pull the subject of ego and egomania into the martial arts. Now, I know I know Bob, you've met some people um in your many many years of martial arts training that were so full of themselves you wanted to slap the sense into them. <laughs> yeah. Can you Very true. Yeah. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about about how you feel when you meet these people? <laughs> I, I feel horrible for these people. I feel horrible for their students. Uh, you know, you've known, I, you've mentioned some of these people to me that that actually almost have like a cult going in their school. That mm-hmm. their students mm-hmm. look at them with this awe and, and almost like a godlike respect, mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. a normal healthy respect. These people yeah. drive me insane. It's mm-hmm. like get off your high horse, you know. Exactly. I, you know, I've been, I've been married for almost thirty years. In fact, I'm, my wife's not not listening, but our our uh, the date of the, uh, or the anniversary of our first date thirty years ago is next month. Oh, right on. And I'm gonna take her out for dinner and not tell her why. <laughs> Just go. Come on, let's go out to dinner and. Then she's going to be surprised. Make her wonder. Then I'm, be, then I'm going to be a hero, right? Right. <laughs> basically, my point is, I've been I'm 50 years old. I've been married for 30 years. I don't give a damn anymore. <laughs> my, 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 you know what? Like the old Jody Mason song, "My Give a Damn" broke. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it it it's it makes me wonder why. Wait, I've got too many thoughts going in my head, and most of them are like are like annoyed uh, annoyed thoughts. But it's like I don't understand how. Okay, so for example, the um, a few years back, um, I went to the Burien Public Library. And um, I was just going to do a little, just a short little talk with some school kids about the importance of bully proofing and and learning, um, you know, uh, doing after school activities that promote, you know, positive, uh, positive activities that that um, 
concentrate on community and um, self-improvement and stuff like that. You know, martial arts being one of them, but it could be anything. It could be playing a musical instrument. It could be, you know, joining a, a league, a sports league or something like that. You know, something to keep them off the streets, basically, right? Um, uh-huh. And there was this, there was this, uh, I don't know if he was, and I know he wasn't the principal of a, a particular school, but there was a there was a guy there that uh, apparently is a musician that I've never heard of. He does uh, uh, he does jazz and stuff like that, and uh, apparently is supposedly well known. I don't know who this guy is. He's probably well known in Seattle, but you know, not nationally. Sorry, if you're not if you're not national, I, I'm not supposed to know who you are, right? That's kind of what goes on in my head. <laughs> And and then after the talk, he came up to me and and he and he said, you know, um, I was wondering why you didn't why you didn't uh, specifically mention uh, instruments. And I'm like, oh well, you know, I did mention music, a music program. And he said, well, no, why didn't you mess it, uh, mention specific instruments? And I'm like, because there are lots of instruments, and only about like. 35 kids in this room you know i'm not gonna like go you know i'm not gonna sit there and go ah, cowbell drum set hi-hat oboe tenor saxophone alto saxophone clarinet bassoon you know i'm not gonna sit there and right. name off all these these instruments and he's like well you know i i i play the alto sax do you know who i am and i said no and he's like, I'm surprised. You should know who I am. And I'm like, and I actually said to his face, are you kidding? <laughs> are you kidding me? I have no idea who you are. And I must say, I do listen to jazz, you know. And he does, you know, fusion jazz, smooth jazz, as uh, some people call it. And right, I'm like, right. I, listen, I listen to smooth jazz. I have no idea who the heck you are. Sorry, but I don't. And that's great that you play the saxophone. But this is about the kids right now, and I walked away. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, why is it? Now, let's apply this to, to martial arts. Why is it that people, I don't know, maybe have done martial arts for, I don't know, 15, 20 years? You know, they're probably high ranking, and how they got the rank, I don't know. So, you know, 20 years, they're 10th degree black belt, let's just say, Right. Most likely self-promoted. Of course. (laughs) Or promoted in a made-up style. I don't know. Um, Why do those people walk around thinking that you should know who they are? I've met people that walk around with their own little, uh, with their own little uh, peanut gallery, with their own little uh, contingent. You know what I mean? Like a group of people. Yeah, you know. And then they walk in, you know. And you know that they spent like two months worth of wages on that silk suit, and that's the only one he's got. <laughs> right, right. And he's walking around, you know, with with rings and silk suits and this and that and the other, walking, around, you know, walking with a contingent. Like my shit doesn't stink, and everyone should know who I am, and I'm important. You know why? Because I have a contingent. <laughs> who cares? They're just walking with you. Who cares? <laughs> right. And you know, you know, if I could get all my students to walk down the street with me, can I call them a contingent? 
<laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, really. When you when you go to a restaurant and you go to dinner with your students, are they contingent? Do you walk five feet in front of them and they create a little V pattern behind you? Yeah, that's stupid. No. <laughs> Half the time I'm talking to somebody and, and let everyone else first, you know, and then I'm usually the last to the table because, you know, I'm uh, talking to someone or on the phone or setting up the setting up how many people are vegetarian or something like that. And I really don't care. We're there to eat. We're outside of the formal dojo now. We're there to eat. And everyone knows that there still is a sense of respect and there's a line that they don't cross. But it's not it's not like bow down, you know, that kind of thing. And everyone follows right. still follows a sense of tradition when it comes to the traditional Chinese and, and Japanese and um, Filipino way of um, uh, pecking order and stuff. But it's not like... Oh my God! You're sitting in the wrong place. Do you know who I am? I'm a purple belt. I know you're like a white belt. You're supposed to know who I am. It's not like that, you know. Everyone just kind of knows. And if someone makes a mistake, who freaking cares? You know. Well, you're out of dinner. It's, it's no longer rank order. Uh, yeah. It, it, it could be. I bet some schools be. still do it that way. Yeah, you know, and we tend to, but it's kind of it's just out of habit. And but if you know if, if you know, uh, a student comes in late and they just sit at the end or something where technically I should be, who cares? You know, the only thing that I worry about is, okay, do you have enough tea over there? Okay, waiter, look, can, you know, can can we get some tea over here? Oh, I can't reach the peas. Can you pass the peas, please? You know, just like, like you would at any dinner, you know, have table manners. That's it, you know. Um, but, you know, to to expect that everyone serve you, to expect that everybody, you know, I mean, it's one thing if they offer, but to expect it. That's I know, a bit I have a, well, I have eaten the dinners that, that people offered, and and I couldn't even pour myself a cup of coffee, but I didn't sit there and demand it, or ex- I didn't even expect it. Every time yeah. I reached for for the pot for, with the coffee in it, I got my hand slapped. <laughs> yeah, right, and it's and it's yeah. And it's like, and it's like twice as twice as uh, uh, etiquette driven if you go to Japan. Um, it's 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 just it's just wild how that how that works. In China, you know, if you're an honored guest, you you don't even serve yourself. You know, they're like only they're pretty much this close to like feeding you with a spoon. It's like, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. It, it yeah it is and it's kind of like in you know while it's while it's you know uh, cool and stuff like that it's like you know I, I I prefer to to pick up my own meat thank you you know <laughs> yeah me too I, I you know I I like to pour my own drink that's fine but thank you though you know um, but yeah it's it's just it's just so weird um, sometimes that 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 people expect that kind of uh, preferential treatment. Um, celebrity status is is a word that goes through my head. A lot of people have a sense of celebrity status. Now, you and I have had lots of long time, I mean, we're talking long time martial artists on our show. Um, oh, famous celebrity years. Yes. Uh, famous uh, martial arts celebrities, household names when it comes to the martial arts. And those guests were always 
the most humble, the most approachable, the most personable, the uh, the first people to say, like, like as an example, uh, Bill Wallace, who, who I just found out, who happened to be on our show this day one year ago, November 16th. Oh, He was wow. on our show one year ago. Bill Wallace, Bill Superfoot, the Superfoot, was the first one to say, hey, call me Bill. Because I kept calling him Grandmaster, and you kept calling him Grandmaster, and I kept calling him Sir, and you you know, and he's like, oh, gosh, you guys, just call me Bill. I'm Bill. I am Bill. That's it, Bill. And I thought, wow. But I still couldn't do it. <laughs> I know. There, there are some people like Kim and Dan and Santo and Richard. There are some people that you can't do it. Bill Riyasaki. I, I called him since then, put, put out my hand, and he says, call me Bill. I'm like, no, no, like, not really. No. <laughs> no. It's like, I can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> nope, sorry. I <laughs> can't do it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, you know, to have, to have those kind of people, it's, it's such a, it, it's such a, a joy to be able to, to be able to talk to people like that, that are just so full of, of, uh, humility. And it, yes. it's, it, it's, it's it's almost it's it's almost humbling in and of itself, you know, because True. you know you would think, and then you've got the people that that have like twenty years of experience, walking around with their chest chest puffed out and thinking that you should know who they are, served to their every whim. That drives me insane. Yes. <laughs> insane. True. I used to uh, I used to. This is kind of off the subject, but it is on the subject. I used to be the security supervisor for a pharmaceutical company back in the 1990s. And uh, although I wasn't the one always walking around doing the beat um, throughout the throughout the compound, um, I was always at the front desk dealing with uh, – I mean, we had to deal with all sorts of stuff. We had to deal with PETA because, <laughs> because of the animal <laughs> facility there. We right. had to deal- we had to deal with people, you know, threatening, calling in bomb threats. I mean, it was like, it was nuts, right? But what used to drive me up the wall were doctors. If they were coming to visit researchers and other doctors there, they would come by and ring the, they would pull on the door, but it's locked, right? I mean, it's got the security lock on it. And they would keep pulling and keep pulling, and then they would, then they would, like, hit the buzzer. They'd beep, 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 beep. Then they'd hit the intercom. You know, this is Dr. Johnson. You know who I am. No, sir, I don't. Who are you here to see? I'm here to see Dr. Hellregal. Well, Dr. Johnson, come on in. And then he'll just walk upstairs. I've never seen this guy before. <laughs> and I'm like, sir, 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 you know, you're going to need a, you're going to need a, uh, a visitor pass. And they, they just get on the, they get on the elevator. So what do I have to do? I have to get on the elevator and chase this guy, Right. And following him around with a visitor pass, right? <laughs> and um, and I'm like, you know, I finally found him. And I said, sir, you're going to need this visitor pass. He's like, but do you know who I am? No, I don't. And if you knew 
who everyone else here was, you would know that this pharmaceutical research company has security measures. And if you cannot follow them, I'm going to assume that you're someone posing as Dr. Johnson. Do you get my drift? And he's like, rah, 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 rah. and uh, the person he went to go see, Dr. Helrigo says, yeah, you should, you should, you should take the pass. He's like, I don't have to take no pass. And I went, sir, you will take a pass, or I'll call the other security officers up here. Dr. Helrigo goes, you better take the pass, man. Rusty doesn't mess around. <laughs> <laughs> and he took the pass, and I was like, the thing that really pissed me off was. You know, yeah, he could have been someone that was finding the cure for cancer. Sure, he could have been someone that was that that discovered the the latest and the greatest, you know, I don't know, whatever, right? I don't care. You're in a you're in my secure building now. You know what I mean? I mean, the the the, the facility is like 3 blocks wide. You know, I mean, it's like I I need to know who everyone is. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, oh, my God. What if he were some guy, like, trying to plant a bomb in the animals facility, you know? <laughs> I mean, who, you know, who knows? So, you know, why do people assume that just because you're known in one field that everybody should know who you are? Drives me insane. Ah, anyhow. <laughs> now, I came across an interesting um article by Sensei J. Richard Kirkham, and uh, he has a great article about the effects of ego when teaching martial arts. So I'm just going to go through some of these points that he makes, and we'll, uh, um, and we'll go ahead and talk about them. Sound good? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> the first one, quote, unquote, in here, I am God. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Granted, some ego is needed in order to teach because you need that 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 sense of self confidence, and you need to show that sense of self confidence, especially to kids, so that way, number one, they recognize you as the authority figure, and number two, so that way they can emulate, you know, how to be confident. Also, right? We need we need some kind of ego, right? But there are those who teach for themselves and those who teach for their students. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Oh, that's, the, that is very interesting. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. In the few cases that I've seen, the God complex in martial arts or uh, in a martial arts or self-defense instructor, it's generally been for the instructor. Every one good combat veteran martial arts instructor whom I personally knew seemed to teach for himself. Let's not confuse this with military manner of teaching martial arts. The word martial, after all, means war, and many of the martial arts taught have or had a military basis at some point in history. His students had a lot of self-confidence, but they also, I unfortunately noted when I asked a newly ranked advanced student his name, had his ego and pride as well. This, in my opinion, is unfortunate, since a martial arts instructor can, by example, offer so many positive traits to his or her students. If you're looking for a martial arts school or a self-defense school, watch some classes first or even take a free trial if they offer it. And remember the above comments I made. Talk to the instructor, but talk to the students as well. Go with your gut as well as your cognitive processes. 
Wow, that was a good way for uh, Sensei Kirkham to put that. There are those who teach for themselves and those who teach for students. So, wow, what do you what do you think about that? Have you have you come across people that seem to be that kind of teacher? Uh, to teach for themselves, absolutely, mm-hmm. almost all of them do. Wow, yeah. Very instructors actually teach for the students and for the betterment of their students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 sad. And um, uh, last week or the week prior, um, I mentioned something about an article that was written by another martial arts teacher um, that was called, uh, uh, oh gosh, I forgot what it was called, but he made mention of teachers that believed their own hype. <laughs> they make a big name for themselves, and then they start to believe it. They start to believe their celebrity status, and it's uh, it's scary at that point when they've got, like, big pictures of themselves that people bow to at their school and junk like that. It's like, really? Really? Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the advice that Sensei Kirkham gave um, for people to talk to the instructor, talk to the students, that's the most important thing because the, the real way to find out what kind of an instructor the teacher is is to watch the, watch the students, talk to the students, and just kind of gauge their understanding of the art based on their rank. Um, you know, how friendly are they? Are they willing to help out? Are they willing to answer your questions? Are they, you know, are they going to be the first to ask you to dinner if we all go out to dinner? I mean, you know, you know, that's what you're looking for. Um, and if everyone is on a high horse or defends everything about the teacher as if as if you were attacking the teacher, then, you know, start to put up the red flags. <laughs> All right. The second one, I cannot be hit. <laughs> Sensei Kirkham says, I've personally witnessed this in a lot of instructors. And then when the instructor gets hit, probably slightly hurt, and is embarrassed by the fact that his or her student was able to hit him or her, they have a tizzy fit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, Sensei Kirkham says, I really need to respond to that. Number one, what are you trying to teach them? Don't think you should be proud of, don't you think you should be proud of your student for being able to hit you? So what if you got a little boo-boo on your nose and and maybe a little boo-boo on your ego if you think of it in a negative manner? One of your students' lessons has just sunk in. Sunk? I just made up a word. (laughs) (laughs) You do that a lot. I do. One of your students' lessons has just sunk in as a learned reflex. Isn't that what you want? Now, you have two choices. You can make yourself feel better by treating this in a negative manner. Number one, you could demean your student for his or her control. Hey, watch what you're saying. You hit me like that again, it'll be my turn. Or you can tell your student that wasn't part of the drill or why the technique wouldn't actually work, blah, 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 basically everything to save your ego. Or you can help your student to feel great about his or her accomplishment. Here's what I've done, and in no way... Am I perfect? And yes, I'm sure I have an ego. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to write this Marshall article. <laughs> That's what Sensei Kirkham says. <laughs> this is what right. I do, he says. If someone actually hits me, even makes my nose bleed, I don't let go off 
and go, oh, my God, that hurts. I say, wow, did everyone see that? That's what happens when you train hard. Great job. You got one in. That's what I like to see. I even felt that a lot. Wow, you're really starting to develop some power. Now do that combination again so I can practice my blocking on it since I made a mistake and you can practice that effective combination again. So what you're doing is you're letting the student know that what they've learned is being recognized, that their skill is indeed improving, and that you in, that you in turn are improving as well. So, you know, that way it's a win-win situation instead of like, I have to win and you hit me because you got angry. I see that a lot. I see that a lot when, when teachers get uh, bumped or accidentally backfisted or something like that. They'll go, hey, hey, no, no sense in getting pissed. We're just playing. You know, they're trying to blame it on the student, you know, blame right. it on their lack of control or their lack of emotional immaturity. And that's, you know, that's just that's just their ego trying to save itself. It's it's okay. I get hit a lot. In fact, I get thrown a lot. You know, I have to tap out a lot. <laughs> I have to go, no, 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 no. I need that arm later. You know, and we laugh about it, you know, and I say, good job. You know, I'm glad you got that down. You finally got the line of that compression lock down. That's awesome because that's the hardest one, man. You got it. And then they're proud of it, you know. And then I can say, hey, you know what? Now you get to be another one that gets to help others with this, all right? All right, cool. Now they're given a new position in a way, a new responsibility. I mean, you know, and you're building up your student self-esteem too. So I don't understand why people got to be all like, I can't be hit. You can't. You can't hit me. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> I know. Anyway. And, and my suggestion is people do not work out with your family. Do not work out with your wife, your husband, your your kids. Uh it always ends bad poorly. It always ends in a fight. One time yeah. I was working out with Jenny, oh, this has to be twenty five, thirty years ago. She was holding focus mitts for me. I was doing jab cross, came across mm-hmm. that cross, and that focus mitt went BAM. Right in her forehead. Oh. I found it funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I started to laugh. <laughs> she, <laughs> she took the focus mitt off and threw it at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's God. hilarious. Guys laughing so hard I started crying. <laughs> another one. Now, Sensei Kirkham says, this could be more of a teaching style. Traditionally, not a lot of questions were asked in old school martial arts training, but I tend to believe in this modern teaching area, uh, sorry, in this modern teaching era, not wanting questions asked is a matter of ego or a matter of lack of knowledge. Even large classes should be able to have question and answer periods. Naturally, I'll listen to any opinions on, on this anyone might have. Okay. Now, I came up, when I was doing Aikido, um, I came up pretty much just watch, do, and learn. That's how it was, right? You, you you didn't ask questions in the middle of 
of the embu or in the middle of the demonstration that the that the Aikido sensei was doing. You just watched it. You watched it four times slow, three times fast. I think it was four and four, but I could have sworn it was three times fast. And then you were asked to get a partner and you would try to emulate it. Right? And hopefully you were paired up with somebody that had a little more experience in it so they could help you with it. You, you couldn't just go, sensei, what's this, what's that? Well, where do your feet go? Blah, 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 blah. Right? The sensei would only come around if you were doing something like grossly wrong. And then they would come by and correct you. But they would correct you by moving your arm and doing it on you slowly and then say, you feel that? And that was the best way I had learned how to do Aikido. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't tell me how to do it because that doesn't make sense to me. I, I had to feel it. And that's how most Aikido is taught, right? Most right, traditional exactly. Judo, yeah, yeah uh-huh. most traditional Judo, most, most traditional Jiu-Jitsu, most traditional Karate. That's how I was taught. It was like you just followed the Kata. You couldn't stop the Sensei and go, what was that move again? You just followed and then eventually you would do it over and over again, and you would get it and get the practice on your own. And if you had a big question, then you ask it. But and 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 it wasn't it wasn't so much that you know in traditional dojos that the teachers had a big ego. That was the way they taught in traditional arts. Same in China, and that's fine. However. You know, I think since they Kirk, Kirkham hit he hit a nail on the head. Nowadays, when people, I feel that when some people say no questions, it's because I said this is the way to do it. You'll do it my way because I say it's the right way, or I have no idea what I'm talking about and I wouldn't be able to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your, what's your take on that? Have you met people that have you been to? Have you visited schools where it was like no questions? Have you ever visited schools that was that were like I've that? I've never seen it that bad. I know that's traditional. I've heard that's traditional. Uh, no questions, very quiet. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've never visited a traditional school that was like that. I'm sure maybe a little Tokyo in, in downtown LA. Maybe there are some <coughs> like that from the traditional Okinawan masters that come over? Absolutely. Mm. There's just a few mm. and far between. Right. Right. And it's a, uh, you know, I've only, I've only been to one. I've only visited one uh, where it was kind of like that. It's right because I say it is, you know, and if the teacher doesn't say it, the senior students will say, well, that's how sensei taught it. And that's the way it is. And it's like, whoa, okay, and that works for you because <laughs> you're a different body type. Okay, you know, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, on to the next one. And again, for our listeners that are just tuning in, this article is The Effects of Ego When Teaching Martial Arts by Sensei J. Richard Kirkham. And uh this uh, this article is on uh, selfgrowth.com, which is a very wonderful site to begin with. It uh, not only deals with uh, teaching anything from yoga to martial arts, but it also has great articles on health. Um, it's got health stores, health events, health t- everything that has to deal with uh, self-motivation, self-growth, and health. It's great. Go check it out, selfgrowth.com. Okay. Um, the next one is, yeah, sure, feel free to tell me how to teach my class. 
So, Sensei Kirkham says, I presently recall two people who went through this phase. A new instructor friend of mine and I tried to help, and me. There was a martial arts instructor who used to come visit my class when I was teaching self-defense in college. As I was teaching, I'd look to him for approval. He'd shake his head no, then begin teaching my class. With that attitude and that lack of ego, i.e. self-confidence, I should have not been teaching in the first place. Now, what he means, folks, is when a visitor comes in, um, you know, yeah, you know, you can like glance over at the visiting instructor, but, you know, you don't necessarily have to look to approval for that person, from that person, especially if they don't even do your art, right? Yeah, sure, give them the respect, right? You know, like, I, you know, I give plenty of people visit my classes, and I'll say, oh, hey, this is Sensei so-and-so, or this is Sifu so-and-so, this is Guru so-and-so, please show your respect, salute, would you like to join class? No, I'll just watch, oh, okay, cool, you know, everyone, please introduce yourself during break, okay, you know, and then the students go and introduce themselves and ask them out to dinner, would you like to join us for dinner tonight, blah, 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 okay, cool, okay, but I don't look over there for approval, because it's my class, right, you know what I mean? And right. for the most part, the other teachers know that, right? Then there are those instructors that go to a class specifically to sit there and hover over you and teach your class, even though they don't even do your art, okay? Now, back to Sensei Kirkham's story. It was thanks to a professor in the physical education department who I was interning under who helped me to think and act like a professional physical educator, in a letter of recommendation to the Director of Physical Education Department, I remember stating, whenever I want to act in a professional manner, I find myself asking, what would so-and-so do? Later on, thanks to methods of teaching classes and education training itself, along with more martial arts experience, when the same instructor came to watch my class and he began shaking his head, I ignored this. When he began realizing I wasn't responding, he stated, you're teaching it wrong. I looked at him directly and replied, that is something we can discuss after class. Now, I believe a good mentor would have been proud of me for stating that. Instead, the visiting instructor seemed a bit surprised and a lot insulted. Now, this was many years ago, but I recall after class telling him that this was my class and we can discuss discuss teaching techniques after the students have left. He never came to my class again after that. The other, uh, the other instructor my friend and I helped was in a similar situation. When I would go by myself to watch his class, I found him looking to me for my approval. When I would inadvertently shake my head no, he'd ask me what was wrong. I'd reply, nothing at all, sorry to, to disturb your class. I gave him some pointers after his classes, but it would have been very easy for me to step in to teach his class, thus questioning his knowledge and authority in front of his own students. But thanks to my previous experience, experience, I did not do this. My friend told me he did teach a few of his classes. The other guy taught uh, a few of the other guy's classes. So, wow, you know, um, wow, wow, wow. Did, have you ever dealt with that? Has anyone ever come to your own classes and tried to, like, go off to the side and sit there and nod no or nod yes and then, like, butt in? That wasn't your teacher? 
Oh, yes. And there is one guy I'm actually working with him on a professional level now because he's a project manager <laughs> for uh, uh, his sensei, his sensei's mm-hmm. brother on a house. And this guy is a student and always correcting people and everything else. And it bugs the shit out. I've jumped on him a couple times for it. Mm-hmm. Especially during my class. He's correcting. These guys do sticks with me about three times a year. Mm-hmm. They should not open their mouth to correct somebody. Right. Just don't right. do it. Just shut up and listen. And every time they do it, and I think he just does it to not not to irritate me. Just he does it out of force habit, and it just irritates the crap out of me when he does it. But yeah, I see that now, all the time. Of, force of habit, though, that means that they're used to doing it. That's right. You know, he does it all I mean, the time. He, yep, that's crazy. He does it with his own art, <laughs> and he does it with me, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's only one. T-. And I've jumped on him a couple times, and it just bugs me when he when he does it, and he continues. Wow, wow, that would drive me absolutely insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. You know, and it's and, and it's like you know, I guess it's. I guess it's one thing if um if it's within the same art, right? You know, um like I've had, you know, Batoku Khan fellow black belts come in and just watch, you know, and I'll kind of look at them and go, "Is that how the kata goes?" you know, or something, you know, that kind of thing, and they'll go, "Uh," ah, then you know, then they'll come out. But at that point in time, they're just working with me. If everyone's working on forms, and I'm working on my own, and, uh, you know, that black belt comes out to work with me, that's great, you know. Um, For the most part, you know, I've yet to see any of my black belt friends try to correct anybody else's forms because that would be dumb. They don't know it. They don't know those forms. You know, they don't know the flavor behind them. Um, So why would they correct them, right? Um, Right. On the other hand, though, yeah, um, um, but on the other hand, you know, I've been to, uh, other dojos where another visiting instructor of the same art would come in and it would be welcomed because it was like, oh, look, a guest instructor. Hey, cool. Right. Same art where everyone knows the th- same thing. Now it would be different though. If like, let's say you came in to my Tai Chi class and started coming in and like changing everyone's stances to be like, right. you know, a Wing Chun goat stamp, goat pinning stance or something. I'll be like, What? Well, their balance is all wrong. I'd be like, dude, get off my floor. <laughs> That's right. You know? But on the other hand, I would welcome you if you had something to offer. Like, now, how would you do the same move in Wing Chun? How would you do this in JKD? How would you do this, you know, in your style of Kali? I'd be, you know, let's do it. Let's grab some swords and sticks and let's do it. Let's play. You know, uh, that would be welcome. But, you know, but I've seen people just go in and correct other people's classes that have no clue of what's going on, and it drives me batty. <laughs> I know, and I've seen it, and it seems commonplace. Yeah, it drives me batty. And, you know, when it comes to ego for these kinds of people, I, I'm not quite sure why that would be. I mean, if they have their own class or their own school, why would their ego allow them or make them want to, 
you know, butt in on anybody else's classes. I mean, it's not like they have to be the teacher for everybody else in their neighborhood. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't get it. I just, I just don't get it. Don't get it at all. Um, now, that was it for the article. Uh, but if you want to see um, other other stuff um, by J. Richard Kirkham, uh, a little bit about J. Richard Kirkham. He's a dual certified teacher specializing specializing in alternative teaching methods, and he's also a martial arts instructor. He uh, resides in Honolulu with his wife Jen and son Ryland, and uh, he's got a book out uh, called Step by Step Learning: Martial Arts Energy Strikes. Wait. He's the author of the Step-by-Step Learning Martial Arts Energy Strikes ebook. There's no comma there. It made no sense. Um, and uh, he's also uh, the author of Training in Martial Arts by Yourself and the book Throughout Your Day. And all of these um, can be linked to um, at the link that I'm going to post at the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page here in a second. In fact, I'm going to do that now. Uh, real quick before I forget, because in past shows I'll say, oh, yeah, sure, I'll post it, and it never gets done. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I mean that. Sure. Yeah. So it's going up right now, folks. So in case you want to read the whole bit and then, uh, excuse me, uh, read the whole bit. Come on. Why isn't it pacing? Come on. Yeah, oh, there we go. Okay. So in case you want to read the whole bit and uh, – get the links to those books, and to to, to get a feel for selfgrowth.com as a whole. Um, go check it out. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit on the effects of ego when you're training. Okay? And, and this, is, uh, this is important because, you know, in many martial arts, you know, no matter how, you know, humble we can be, there's always a little bit of that sense of competitive nature when it comes to stuff like sparring, for example, right? Um, right I have right. a few I have a few Brazilian jiu-jitsu friends that, um, that have made mention of uh, how sometimes people can let their ego get in the way when it comes to looking for that submission, you know, or that, or that perfect scarf hold or whatever, right? And, um, what they tell me is that, you know, sometimes when we're rolling, you know, if I defend against something, then they tend to move faster and they tend to force, to try to force the technique. And I have to remind them that, hey, 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 you don't have to force it. You don't have to move any faster because now you're getting killed. You almost stepped on my head that time, you know, or you almost, you know, fell on my straight knee that time, you're losing control because you're going too fast. You know, yeah, I defended, but just slow down and think it out. It's a science, right? And, you know, that's what one friend told me. You know, he told the students, it's a science. It's like chess, physical chess. You know, you're not going to sit there and jumble up the chessboard just because someone grabbed your queen, right? (laughs) So, you know, don't... Don't do that on the mat. And um, unfortunately, folks, you know, when your ego gets in the way, it can hurt yourself or others. So, you know, I've I've met people that um, have to uh, force themselves to run that extra mile because everyone else is, 
you know, and then they got to go see the doctor afterwards, right? I've seen people feel that they have to um, hit back as hard as they received, right? Right. Without oh, taking, very common, yeah. yeah. Yeah, without taking into consideration that that it might have been on accident or maybe you were working with a white belt. <laughs> you know, I always say when you spar with a white belt, expect to get hit. They don't know their control yet. That's you know? right, and expect to get hit hard. Yeah, get hit hard because they really don't know their 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 control. I don't know how many times, you know, I got poked in the eye or, you know, bumped on the nose by, you know, a new kid because they just don't know. And they want to do well and they don't have that control to slow down. If I say, okay, punch your pow, they'll go fast. And it's like, oh, wow, that really hurt. Is my nose broken? How many, you know? <laughs> how many, how many times have you been working out with sticks that got hit in the hand, hit on the hand? Can you even count that high? I can't <laughs> count that high. I can't because it's kind of like just that one hit in the right place makes you want to puke and you just got to suck it up. You just got to suck it right. up. And if, you know, you can't hold on your stick, well, put it on the other hand and just say, man, wow, man, that's a great hit, you know, <laughs> or I'm sorry, dude, I, that's, boy, your knuckles like as big as all of them, all of them put together. Huh, sorry about that, dude. You know, and uh, for the most part, you know, if you get hit or you do the hitting, you know, um, apologies or acceptance. But a key, but when um, I've also sparred with people that really got a muscle, right? It's a like you know like a similar right. situation as my as my uh, BJJ friend. Um, I was at a seminar stick sparring with somebody, and I defended against the lock. I managed to to slip out of the lock because I was really freaking afraid I was going to get put into it because I hate that lock. It's painful. And I, I, I don't like the pain. So I learned to get out of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I got out of it and the guy got pissed and he just started going faster. And I kind of started like giggling at him. I kind of went, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, God, why would you do that? <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Giggling at it. <laughs> giggling at the stick. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I know that kid just came out wrong. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna give myself a shot. I'm gonna give myself two rim shots. <laughs> that was so wrong of you. <laughs> yeah, but I started giggling at him, and he managed to grab my wrist in a compression and just started doing what uh, Master Chris calls the shake and bake. And what that is is that you've got their their uh, forearm bones wedged between your own arm and the stick, and you're compressing between the two like a big Oreo sandwich, and you're shaking. Right. You shake and pull and shake and pull and all the way down, and it freaking hurt. And I started tapping out, and he just wouldn't stop. And I finally said, hey, 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 hey. I literally had to pull him off by his ear and go, hey, that's enough. I tapped out, asshole. You know? <laughs> and I was just like, I was so beside myself. I was like, oh, my God. You know, get your ego out of it. I don't know if he was uh, mad because he normally gets that lock on people and a little girl managed to get out of it or what. I don't know what bruised his ego. Uh, but he just got pissed. And I'm like, 
really? You know, really? And I, I, I just walked away and, 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 uh, Cheryl goes, dude, what was with that guy? Why didn't you kick his ass? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. And I couldn't do anything for the rest of, for the next hour or so because I couldn't, it hurt to rotate my forearm. Right. I couldn't even hold a right, stick. Right. And I was just like, you know, oh, you know, and then he tried to play it off during the dinner. And I'm like, so help me, you know, <laughs> if I ever. Now, what about that old guy? What would you think about that old guy that, and I, I heard she's listening because she just said something on our Facebook page. What do you think about that old guy that Michelle slammed because he's being an idiot? at the uh, seminars at the Masters this year. I, you know, she had every she had every reason to do what she needed to do to get out of that situation. Now, for our listeners out there that aren't familiar with that situation, um at a seminar that I was teaching, uh Michelle Manu was uh one of the uh one of the participants. She was working with a gentleman that was using a lot of power for the exercise a lot of power. I think we were doing um, four count or six count. And, uh, I can't remember. You know, I, I couldn't count, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> we were doing four count or six count, which is a flow drill that exchanges exchanges hits. And, um, you know, the one of the one of the things for this drill is that on the last count, so, for example, on four count, you hit your partner four times, one, two, three, four. On the fourth count, the other person is to block, parry, or evade, and then come back at you with four hits. It's just a targeting drill and a reaction drill. That's all it is. It's just for flow, right? Well, right. everything that this guy threw at Michelle got blocked, blocked, parried, or evaded on the fourth count. And uh, it got to the point where he was really trying to make that fourth hit count to where she couldn't block it, right? And she kept blocking and parrying and evading. And I guess it, you know, and it just turned to the point where he had her in some type of a hole. Do you remember, like a choke or a a lock? No, because see, you and I were doing something and our backs were turned. But it was funny. She was was the only participating woman. And when we heard a thump, we knew where, we knew where to look. Yeah, we because knew where to look. Because she's an idiot all day, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, and yeah, I, I I'm fully in um in agreement with that. She had to do what she had to do to get out of it because number one, it was part of the drill, and number two. She was, you know, if she didn't do anything, it would have, at that point, it would have been him or her. And, you know, uh, and this guy was big. This guy was no slouch. This guy was big. And, uh, you know, if he had put, you know, any more power on whatever technique it was, I think it was a choke. It would have crushed her windpipe. She had every, you know, right to follow through with the drill and throw this guy to the ground with a resounding thud. <laughs> yeah, that's now, good description. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, for for most people that that are outsiders looking in, it probably would have looked like, oh, you know, gal dumps guy type of thing, right? But, you know, if if people knew the whole story, they would have known, hey, you know, she had to do this because he would not let up. 
um, despite several requests to lighten up a little bit. If I remember correctly, I believe right. uh, Kumu Michelle requested, hey, you know, lighten up a bit, dude, you know, and he just kept going. Now, it's one thing, folks, to to train the way you do amongst your your own, right? So if you are in a Kajukenbo school, which I'm I'm from, and you are training with your partners and you've got that, that mutual agreement. All right, let's go for it. Just don't don't get mad at me if if I hit you or vice versa. Then you go for it. I don't know how many times I've come out of like the Kajukenbo school with a split lip and a black eye, you know, whatever. It's par for the course because I said it was okay with a partner that agreed. But if you're going to train that same way with someone you don't even know, then that that's a little bit of ego there. And if you say, well, you know, I right. train to be real, I get that a lot too. I train to oh, be yeah. real. Yeah. You know, I only do the sure. real martial arts shit, you know. It's kind of like, oh, Michelle says it was a front face lock. Yeah, that would have broken your cheekbone, Michelle, if you hadn't done what you did. Um because the cheekbone, if it, it it takes a lot to break it, but the right angle, um, it'll at the right angle. If your cheekbone doesn't break, it'll actually the the force, depending on where you put it, it can detach part of your jaw. <laughs> and it's 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 just so it, it's painful. Been there, done that, you know. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm in full agreement that that she did what she had to do. Um, but getting back to the thing, you know, if you're going to be wailing on someone with the same amount of force that you would at your own school with someone you don't even know, that's a bit presumptuous and even more presumptuous to assume that because the other person is not training at the same intensity, that their art is less than or useless, you know, and I've seen that. Well, do you think it was the ego part because Michelle was a woman as well? You know, I I I can't say because I don't know. I mean, I've well, met guys well, that. Well, you know, we agree with that because, he, but he was being a jerk all day. I mean, he was a jerk for miles. He was just playing different games. But I was wondering if his intensity level changed because she was a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I that's I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah, that's something I can't quite say. I can't say, yeah, he was just trying to put the woman in his place. I can't say that because I don't know. Um, you know. Yeah, I wonder how that worked out for him. <laughs> yeah, you know, or maybe he's just some. <laughs> you know, I, you know, either that or he just has no control and doesn't know that he doesn't have control. Right. Which well, which he would... should have had control because he's in his sixties. It looks like he's been studying for a while. Yeah, he had quite a belt, if you know what I mean. He had a belt on that 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 denoted his rank. And, you know, I'm sorry if you're going to be a master and don't know your and don't have body awareness, don't know your own power. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But and you know, and and to make matters worse, Michelle said it wasn't even what I was teaching. Right? He just went on his own tangent. Right? Yes, and that's, that, that's another That's true. Thing. I do remember that. Yes. Yeah, and that's another thing that drives me insane is when, you know, like let's say if I'm teaching something at a at a seminar and someone goes off on their own tangent and does something completely different with like a student 
right? So if you're a senior student working with a junior student, okay, this and the drill that I teach is new and the senior student knows it, you know, basically what you're doing when you go on your own tangent is Sifu Restita's stuff is shit. Let's do what I want to do because it's better, right? That's pretty much what you're saying if, you know, you go on your own tangent with a junior student. Let the junior student learn it. And get better at it yourself rather than going, let me do what I want to do. I've done this like three times already. I know it. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, my God, get your ego out of it. You know, and and for people that do that, why do you pay for a seminar anyway? Last I checked, seminars are where you go to learn, not where you go to teach. You know, I'm not I'm not giving that senior student any of my, you know, teaching fees. So shut the heck up, you know, in a way. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, that would be my ego talking. But it's like, but it has to, you know, when we have to do the ego play in every class or every seminar, there has to be an ego play because you have to dial it down or ramp it up a little bit to be able to work with certain people, right? So I'm not saying that you have to get rid of all ego because without ego, like we said at the beginning of of the show, you have to have that to have a sense of self-confidence, right? A lot of the people that I, yeah, a lot of the people that I know that have no ego have no self-confidence and it's very difficult to work with those people. Very difficult because, you know, they expect everyone else to think for them. They expect everything to be so impossibly hard that they can't do it themselves. And they just never seem to get it. And they don't find that sense of self-confidence within themselves to to feel confident enough to practice it on their own. And it's difficult. And so that's where you kind of have to, as their partner, ramp up your own self-confidence a little bit. Allow them to say, hey, you know, not in a stuck-up way, but to allow yourself to say, hey, let me, you know, I'll help you with that. Don't worry. It's okay. I've been there. You know, and you have to have that that sense of self-confidence to say, you know what? I sucked too. I used to suck too. And I think I have it now. I don't, you know, and let me help you with that. (laughs) You know, but you may want to put it a little bit differently than telling your fellow students that they suck. (laughs) Yeah, I suck too. Yeah. Yeah, I really suck just like you do. (laughs) Yeah, really? We're, oh, boy, mines are going in the gutter. I think it's time for lunch. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, but, but yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a uh, catch-22, isn't it? I mean, you have to kind of ramp up your own ego to admit that you are less than capable. Isn't that weird? You know, right. and well, uh, you have to, the thing was about about ego is you have to remember where you were. Mm-hmm. That guy has that guy the, with the Michelle was working with had to remember he's learning a new technique to, or a new drill to him, and to take it at an apropos speed. Not yeah. because Michelle, a twenty year veteran and a a high ranking uh, martial artist. Uh, and go at go at her speed and risk hurting somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, and exactly. do for both of them. And Michelle did what she had to do to get out of a bad situation, and then felt horrible about it. And I did for about the second half. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, if it was the first time that guy had been a jerk to somebody, it would have been okay. Maybe I would have felt a little more, a bit more. I would have felt worse for him. But I kept getting complaints from people all day long. Oh, and that guy was all ego, and it's like mm-hmm. he shouldn't have been. He wasn't. Yeah. As skilled as I think he thinks he was, which is yeah. okay. But don't push it on other people. Exactly. Exactly. It just it just it it it, it just ruins the training for everybody at that point. Um yeah. Gosh. <laughs> so yeah, you know, so folks, you know, in in ending because we've we don't have much time left in our show today. When it comes to ego and your training, keep in mind number 1, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Okay? Um just because someone is the same rank as you, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have the same abilities, right? So if, you've, if you're if you a yellow belt and someone else has more forms than you, is better at that new technique than you, you know, don't let your ego get in the way and go, oh, I, I better, like, hurry up and catch up to this guy. I can't have this guy passing me up because, you know, you can't have that kind of ego, especially, like, if you only come to class once a week and this other yellow belt comes to class four times a week. Of course, they're going to get better at that technique of the week, you know. So don't right. let your ego get in the way. Um, and number two, you know, don't feel like you have to always one up people. Not only catch up with people, but the one up. You know, my school has more students than yours. My school has better equipment. We are more equipped to do. Um, I don't know. CrossFit than your school. Oh, you only you only pick up uh, rocks for your weight? Well, that's stupid. I do it better. You know, you don't have to, like, one-up people, right? Martial arts that's is right. martial arts. Yeah, martial arts is martial arts. And if people choose to train traditionally or people choose to train modern, great. Awesome. Don't knock people before, you know, before you start saying MMA is better. That drives me insane. MMA is better. Karate sucks. Traditional sucks. Modern is better. I mean, it just, you know, that kind of that kind of argument drives me insane. Or the other way around. Karate is better because it teaches more respect. You guys suck. Oh, well, gosh, isn't that ironic? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The irony is they, they just don't – they're – they're very, those people that are kind of eager are very irony impaired. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. So uh, what what advice do you have for people, for our listeners out there regarding ego, Bob? To stay grounded, to listen, to know when to listen and know when to shut up. And go to learn mm-hmm. and go to train. One thing you're mentioning about how does it affect our training. Well, if you're if you're so worried about the other person doing it right that you're training with, the training stops. Mm-hmm. You're always right. correcting somebody. You're always doing this. You're always doing that. Train. Punch. Exactly. Kick. Throw. Lock. Whatever. Just do it and stop talking. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what, you know what uh, Soki Greg says about a, a guy who wants to fight? If, they, if they're talking, they don't want to fight. Once yeah. they stop talking, they want to fight. So stop exactly. talking and training. Once you, if you're talking, you're not training. Yep. That's right. And put your ego in check. That's right. Exactly. That's that's awesome. Awesome advice. Um, 
Michelle, thanks, Michelle. Michelle says, so funny. I can't stop laughing. You two are awesome. Such truth. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Michelle. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. Thank you so much. I mean that that means a lot coming from you, Michelle, because for our for our uh, fans out there listening, Michelle is a very skilled uh, kumu in in lua and very humble herself. She'll never <laughs> she'll never say, "Oh yeah, I do I do lua," you know. And tough as nails, though. So I'll say it for her. She's tough as nails. Wonderful instructor. Very very skilled. And uh, I hope to have her up for a seminar one of these days. Hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> and you know, for anybody out there that um, that you know has concern about keeping things um, real, um, but yet, um, how should we say, real yet very humble? It's Michelle. Michelle knows how to do that. She's been teaching a very long time, and you know. To to hear that she has to deal with ego, you know, in her own training, in seminars, and even within teaching and stuff, it really saddens me because, you know, out of all the people that have to deal with that, it's a humble person, right? You know? I think that, yeah. Yeah, and it just just saddens me to hear that, you know – that people, you know, have to test her out like that, you know. And But, like, you know, like Sifu Bob says, you know, remember where you come from, you know. Uh, stop talking when you're not ta- when you're you're not training when you're talking. You know, so open the open the ears, open the eyes, shut the mouth, <laughs> and you'll be okay. And you'll be okay. That's, what, that's the hardest <laughs> thing for people to do is shut it up. It is. Yeah, it is. Well, right on. Well, wow, what a what a great show! I yeah, the two hours went by really really fast. I don't know. It did. I don't know and where for, all of the time went. <laughs> I, I know. And for next week, I'm still trying. We're probably, I'm going to try Art Camacho again. I'm trying to have him on the show. We've got uh, James Liu waiting in the wings and uh, Boaz Svensson from the old TV series Walking Tall. Uh, and a lot of people awesome. don't know this about Bo. He's also a very high-ranking judo practitioner and competed up until he was 70. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So keep uh, keep an eye out on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page for updates on the next shows. So have a great weekend, everyone. And have a great weekend, Bob. Say hi to the family for me. I will. All right. Okay, bye, everyone. We'll talk to everyone next time. <laughs>